The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour with Josh Dunn and Anshu Khanna. You are now in the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. I am Josh Dunn, joined as always by a very elated Anshu Khanna. We've got Conference championship weekend approaching on you, and and your Green Bay Packers are very much a part of the action. I, I assume you've got to feel relief, excitement, uh, probably a bit of anxiety as well yeah. for the upcoming game. I mean, like I said last week, the Battle of the Bays, we kind of saw this coming. Uh, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, two of the all-time greats. I mean, there, there's not much more you can ask for going into this game. But before we get to all the action, how you feeling, my friend? Feeling good, man. It's been, you know, we're we're building to a really, I think, a really great final four here as far as like who deserved it over the course of the year. And um, I'm pumped. I think there are a lot of good storylines. And it's just been a it's been a I would say, you know, the teams that have won are, have been good across the playoffs. It hasn't been like an overly exciting or memorable playoffs, maybe in terms of, you know, you think of great games or great performances. But I think overall, like it's good that mostly we haven't had COVID impact the games too much. And um, I think like all things considered, if you thought this is how it would go six months ago, you'd be pretty pleased with it, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, obviously there's been, you know, you wish you had the, the capacity crowds and especially For when you sure. think about Buffalo and Kansas City, the teams that we're going to be talking about in Green Bay, uh, you wish you could see those stadiums packed. But nonetheless, we, we knew what we were in for. You know, we expected there would be some speed bumps along the way and, We've gotten to this point with, uh, you know, not a ton of hitches. So hopefully that continues into the weekend. I know we've got one quarterback that's injured that we'll talk about. We're looking at all the lines here on BovadaSportsBook.com. Depending on, you know, time permitting, we may talk a little basketball. There's been a lot going on in that arena as well. But we're a football-first podcast, and that's where we're going to focus our attention here to start. So, Anshu, without further ado, why don't we start with the Battle of the Bays. It's Tampa Bay versus Green Bay at Lambeau. Uh, This one, uh, you know, obviously – uh, Green Bay comes in as the favorite here on Bovada. Three and a half points to be exact. The over-under is set at 51. Uh, I know you've been anxious to talk about this. I know you've been thinking about it a lot. How do you see it shaking out? I know, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is, is excited for an opportunity for some revenge. Tampa Bay really the only team this entire season that held him in check, and they did it in a big way in a night game. Uh, do you think that Aaron Rodgers can go in here at home and, and get that revenge that he's hoping for? Oh man, it's it's an electric matchup, and that's biased, unbiased, however you want to call it. Like I just, you know, if you think of Rodgers versus Brady, and you know, there, I think there was a very good chance these two guys would never play in the playoffs. For it to materialize the way it has, for a shot at the Super Bowl at Lambeau Field, I think is is about as cool as it gets for for me personally. Um, you know, like obviously, uh, I would have rather played Drew Brees in this scenario as a Packer fan, but I think that you know, like you got to be the, beat the best to be the best. And um, this is a perfect example of that. So Tom Brady, of course, great history in the cold weather and really any kind of weather. And so he won't be daunted by this by any means. But 
Um, as you pointed out, like aside from that one game, this has been the Packers year. Like their offense has been legitimately unstoppable in every other game except for that one. And so, you know, like if, if you assume that they'll continue that run, then and you assume that that Tampa Bay game might be an aberration, then, you know, obviously you think like the Packers probably should cover that spread. But that game did happen. The Packers did get blown out. And really after the first two drives, it was 38 nothing. So, you know, it does give you some some unfortunate memories of last year with the Niners, you know, like, I mean, I don't know. How, how do you see that come? Because that's in Packers fandom, I would say in the corners of Packers fandom, that's like the fear that this is their, their 49ers of this season. I, I don't see it that way, but I'm interested to get your perspective. Very different teams. I mean, obviously Garoppolo's no Tom Brady. Um, the 49ers had a significantly, I don't know about significantly better at this point defense. I mean, obviously Tampa Bay has playmakers and I think you know when you when you look at uh Devin Devin White Devin White yeah when you look at what he brings coming back off of injury I wanted to say Devin Bush and I know why yeah, same <laughs> why, draft. yeah. uh but but no Devin White I mean he was he made a huge impact had the interception he was hitting people hard all game uh so the, the defense for for Tampa Bay they they did hold Aaron Rodgers in check and made him look bad the one game but I I still think that that's that San Francisco defense from a year ago was a more complete defense overall. Mm-hmm. I think they're at a better secondary. Um, so I, I, I think that there's obvious comparisons that you can draw between those two teams, but it's a very different team. I mean, Garoppolo, uh, you know, obviously he doesn't have the, uh, the moxie, the winning uh, resume that uh, that Tom Brady does in the playoffs, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're here. Uh, but I don't think Tom Brady quite has as complete uh, of a defense as as, as uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did. So it's an interesting comparison. I think that this Green Bay team is significantly better than the Green Bay team from a year ago, for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean, they they, they just Aaron Rodgers is at the absolute peak of his ability. He's making defenses that are good defenses look like bad defenses. Uh, I mean, even that play where they uh, it was Devontae Adams scored the short touchdown. They, mm-hmm. they, they got Jalen Ramsey out of position, moved him in motion, brought him back to the other side, got the other corner out of position on the play, and then Devontae Adams ends up open. So they understood, and Aaron Rodgers understood, that Jalen Ramsey has – largely been shutting down the best receiver on the opposing offense every single game. So they, they, they use the creativity to get him open and get him in the end mm-hmm. zone on that play. I just think there's there's a there's a, a way about this Green Bay team, and it's not just Devontae Adams. I mean, they, they're finding ways, intricate ways to beat teams, and they're making it look easy when it's extremely difficult and challenging what they're able to do. So I just I, – Maybe the the comparisons are are there for for the, the Niners and, and Tampa Bay, but I don't think the comparisons are there for Green Bay when you look at them a year mm. ago versus this year. And I think that's the key. And it was it was like that during the regular season last year for Aaron Rodgers too. He wasn't what he is this year. And I don't know if it's because he's more comfortable in the offense this year. I don't know if he has more you know rain over the play play, play calling. I really don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. he looks that it looks different than it did a year ago. And that's why I think. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about that Rams game. That that defense is playing at the peak. They're the number one defense in the NFL this year. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he made them look bad at times. That that's a great Rams defense. And he, he Aaron Rodgers, they were never in doubt of winning that game. There was never a moment where you were like, oh, whoa, maybe they're not going to win it. So if you look at what got them here this year, and you just kind of accept the fact that every game is going to have a blemish on their resume, that Tampa Bay game can just be looked at as a blemish. They were on the road. It was a night game. 
Um, you know, things can happen. But if you take that game out of the equation, Aaron Rodgers in every other game was undoubtedly the MVP based on the performances he had in those games. So I just mm-hmm. think they're so much better than they were a year ago that I have to lean that direction. And Tampa Bay struggled with New Orleans. Yeah, no, that's – see, that – I think that's the key to me. I Like, I love the comp that you're making, you're drawing between the Packers of 2020 and the Packers of 2019 because I, I do think that that's – that is the key. But when you look across the field, I mean, I think that people, myself included, are captivated by, like, the Devin Whites and Vita Vea likely to come back, it seems like, in this game, and Carlton Davis shutting down Michael Thomas and – you know, a lot of the different pieces that this defense has. And then, of course, you know, you look at the offensive end. We talked about them all year with the fantasy players they have. I'm not sure if Antonio Brown's going to play or not, but it looks like, of course, they have the other two guys, plus Gronk, plus Bray, plus Ronald Jones, who dominated the Packers the first time around. Um, But your point, I think, like, as I was watching that Saints-Bucks game, knowing, you know, the winner of that game is playing Green Bay, I, like, halfway through it, I was kind of like, I don't care. Like, hey, I it was almost impossible to watch that and feel like either of them would have a chance against the Packers. Cause I, you know, I thought that, and again, this is going to come off. Last, but I, I, I know I, at the time I'm saying at yeah. the end of it, I did not feel nearly as confident, but at that time I, I felt like, you know, this was a, this was a game, a t- two teams that were really just like playing to a draw. Yeah, feeling so each other from- out, looking like sluggish. The quarterbacks weren't looking like they exactly. were scaring anybody. The defenses were playing good enough, um, but you still yeah. felt like there were ways to beat them. I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I didn't. I don't mean to come off cocky about that because I think that the line is probably what it should be. Um, but like you know, when you look at the way the two teams have played, I, I do think Green Bay's the better one, and and I think. You know, looking back at that Rams game, it's something you, you brought up there briefly, but the Rams defense is really good. I thought their offense in that game, they only give up, they only score 18, but I thought they played significantly better than they played against the Seahawks the week before and really than they played in the last maybe month, month and a half. Like, I thought that Jared Goff with the glove looked a lot more comfortable throwing. And, you know, and it was like 19 that, to 21 at one point. Yeah, he was, I mean, you know, he's not the guy to drive the ball down the field right now. Um, but, like, you know, if Tom Brady puts up those numbers this week, like, you're going to think that the, the Bucks are likely to win. I, I think that, I guess my point is just Green Bay played a really good game. I thought the Rams played a really good game. And I, if, if so if Tampa plays also plays a good game and the Packers, again, play a really good game, I expect them to be better, if that makes sense. Because they did beat a, a good Rams, like a very good and well-coached Rams team, I thought. Yeah, and you you kind of know that there's going to be a couple of those plays that that are going to be game breakers. I mean, Aaron Jones had the 60-yard mm. run right after halftime. Oh. Lazard had the 50-yard touchdown. How much does that touchdown. drive you crazy, by the way? Like when you see Jones break those off, you're just like, dude, just get that dude the ball. Like yeah, the, the, the <laughs> fact that he only has 14 carries in this game, I mean, whatever. I, I, I've been frustrated, but I, I get it. I mean, mm. they're they're spreading the ball around. They're keeping guys fresh. You know, if you have a deep bench, if you have, you know, I think about basketball, we were just talking about this before the Mm -hmm. show, you know, if you have 10 deep, why not use them? Why not keep your guys fresh? And we saw that, uh, you know, with with a a lot, uh, a lot with the Green Bay this year. So I, you know, Jamal Williams has 12 for 65 in this game, averages over five yards a carry. Uh, So you can't really, when, when that's happening, even AJ Dillon with his six touches almost goes for 30. So you can't really... Even as a fantasy owner, I hate it, but you can't really hate on it. They, they, they have fresh legs. They have three able bodies. Why not spread the ball around and keep your best guys fresh, especially for a team that expects to make a deep run? 
Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, yeah. I don't hate it. As if I'm, if I'm a fan of the team like you, I, I love it. The fact that they're getting <laughs> their guys involved. If I'm a fantasy owner of Aaron Jones, like I was all all season, I'm like, this is the shit that pissed me off. <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, I think though, like we talked about last week too. I mean, you're right. The freshness, I think, led to that type of blow up play. You know, you hope for. Uh, you know, you hope for that type of play every week, and and you've saved him if you're letting out a floor in this team. You've saved him for moments like this, in my mind. So, well, you know, maybe over the course of the game, you don't want to run him into the ground too much. But like, if you don't bust him out in this game against Tampa, like, when else are you going to do it? You know, and and that's uh, you know, I, I was going to ask you like what a Tampa Bay win looks like. I think that part of the blueprint to that is. They've had a good run defense all year. When you think about fantasy matchups all year, the Bucks defense is one. Their Bucks run defense specifically is one that, you know, if you had kind of a close call, they're one to avoid, particularly with Devin White. And so, um, you know, is that is that part of the blueprint to you? What what does a Bucks win at Lambeau look like to you? Well, you know, they're not going to do what they did to Aaron Rodgers the first time around. You you just you just Turn know that's over. not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he might he might have an interception in this game, but he's not going to have three or four crucial mistakes. It's just not going to happen. So he did throw two bad passes. Did, did you watch that? At the end of that first half, I thought he could throw some picks, but anyway, yeah, he, he, he admitted that after the game when they interviewed him, I mean, he obviously had a smile on his face, but he said there were, there were a lot of throws that I missed. It should have been, it should have been better is what he mm-hmm. said. And, and mm-hmm. that like, that's what you want to see out of your quarterback. You want to see him after a game where you kind of, you know, you, you really handled your business the entire game, but you want him to not feel satisfied and I know, you know, Aaron Rodgers going into this game, he remembers what happened in Tampa. He 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 remembers it vividly, and he's not going to let that happen again. So what does a win look like mm. for Tampa Bay with that being said? Mm-hmm. It looks like you hold Aaron Rodgers in check. He has a game where he has 250 yards and two touchdowns, maybe one interception or a fumble, mm. but he doesn't have 350 yards and four touchdowns. If he does that, that there's no chance. And mm-hmm. Tom Brady has to play – one of the best games of the season for him. It cannot be, it can't be a 220 yard game and, and a touchdown. It can, and they can't rely solely on their run game either. Len, Leonard Fournette's been great in the playoffs. Ronald Jones has looked good getting fresh again. Uh, they do have a good run game. There's no denying that they can beat you with the run, but that can't be the only way they beat you. Tom Brady's going to have to make some big throws in this game, and he has plenty of weapons to do it. But I don't know if he has the chops to hang with Aaron Rodgers in this game. I, if, if this becomes a shootout. I don't see a scenario where Tampa Bay wins this in a shootout. I think they mm-hmm. have to win it on the heels of that defense, and I have. I think they have to understand that that doesn't necessarily mean you have to pitch a shutout. It means you have to go out there and play smart defense, bend, don't break. Yeah, that's. I think that's perfectly said. I mean, so to me, I'm, I'm thinking about the Bucks last week, right? They go into New Orleans, they win thirty to twenty. Some of that comes obviously because of the defense. Tom Brady goes for 199 yards, two touchdowns, no picks also scores a rushing touchdown. Is that enough in your mind to win against the Packers? No. Not necessarily points, but that performance top to bottom. It, it's not, like but I think, I'll be honest, I, I think, I mean, I know Jair Alexander is one of the best shutdown corners in the NFL, but I, I do think that New Orleans has a better defense front to back than Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I agree is, with that. That doesn't mean I think that Tom Brady's not going to come into Lambeau in the, in the cold and, and potentially the snow and – take care of business like he did in New Orleans. And he didn't necessarily – he wasn't a world beater in that game, but they played in a dome. It's a different environment. Going into Lambeau, 
when you're used to playing in 80-degree weather in Florida all season is a different task. I know mm-hmm. Tom Brady played New, in, in uh, New England. I know he's used to cold weather. I get all that. Your body gets used to, this, to, to the circumstances that you're in at any given time. Can he adjust? Absolutely. Can he play the same type of game that he played in a dome against a great defense? I don't know. But with that being said, is there enough of a gap between what New Orleans presents on the defensive side of the ball and what Green Bay presents? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it's that dramatic of a gap that it's going to put Brady in a position to win this game handily. Uh, obviously, the line suggests the same, but I, I just think Green Bay is just too good offensively. I know, I, I know I'm kind of taking this is every week I'm saying, you know, I just think they're too good offensively to keep up with. I think Aaron Rodgers is just too good right now, but he unfortunately, that's, that is what it is. It's just, it, <laughs> yeah. it is the case right now. And it's, it's not like he's getting, he's regressing or the injuries are plaguing them at this point. Like he's getting better each and every week and he doesn't have to, like, he doesn't have to go out there and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. They're controlling the game. They're getting the run game going when they need to. They're using that to eat up clock and they're playing a good enough defensive brand and ball game that they, they just, they can control the narrative of the game. And I think that's the key. And Tampa Bay has to take that away from them early on in this game if they're going to have a chance. And I just I just don't I don't know if I see that happening. I don't know if I see them stopping them two drives in a row to get started like they did early with New Orleans. I just I don't see it. Hmm. That's a that's really interesting because that's right. They did do that to New Orleans. But of course, when they played Green Bay the first time, they get they got down 10 nothing. And then they they obviously came back. I think that game to me was a bit of a fluke in that I, I think the blueprint to a Tampa victory is, is exactly what you're saying. And it's very much not the way it went the first time. You know, it's not going to be, you're not going to win on turning over Aaron Rodgers three times or whatever it was and holding in the 16 of 35. And, you know, it's at Lambeau. Like, I just don't see that. And the one thing I'll say too about what you brought up with Brady is while Brady, even if Brady is accustomed to the cold, which I think your point's well taken that, you know, he hasn't been around it it might be a little bit different than it was before. The rest of his team isn't, and he's not going to be one of the other 21 guys on the field, you know? And so I just think, like, I think the stars are aligning nicely for the Packers, but obviously at this point, this is clearly a top two team in the NFC. Like the two best teams in the conference are playing each other. And, um, you know, the, the quarterback that's best equipped to go win at Lambeau is, is going to be in this game. Um, and so against Rogers. And so I, I think it's, it's fascinating, but the total on Bovada is, you said 53, 51. right? 51. Ooh, okay. So you know where I'm leaning then. Oh, yeah. What do, what do you think? Over. Yeah. I, I love the over. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, 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 the I, only way that Tampa Bay wins this game is if they, they can hold hold – Green Bay to field goals when when they should have touchdowns, it, making them mm-hmm. making them get to third down and long, and, and and having a big defensive play made multiple times like that. If they can do that, if they can if they can take away, and I don't think it's possible right now at this point in the season, but if they can chip away at, at Aaron Rodgers' confidence, or you know Valdez Scantling has a couple drops, or uh, you oh, know maybe Aaron yeah. Jones loses a hold of the ball, or something like that, they're going to need a big play like that to, to shift the momentum, and they're going to need. Even though there's not a full stadium, they're going to need that doubt to creep in with the fans and the energy to change. And that's just – I just think it's a really tall ask. I, I just – I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. Who do you – and this will sort of serve as a transition, but who do you think is more likely to lose? Which home team is more likely to lose this weekend? <laughs> well, that's a great transition because there's one <laughs> huge question mark on the other side, right? And I know yeah. Patrick Mahomes practiced today and – you know, everybody's Andy Reid saying he should be fine, and 
all it all looks good, but he got up very wobbly and concussion pro- protocol is no joke. I, I know we saw a lot of guys fantasy wise that we thought were going to play that ended up getting to Sunday and they couldn't because of a concussion. Mm-hmm. There's there's, this is the one injury that you don't know until he clears protocol. You don't know if, mm-hmm. if he plays and he's healthy and we're good to go. I think Kansas city takes care of business against Buffalo. If that offense is at full strength, I think yeah. they have an easier road and Buffalo to me has not looked great. These like, even last week, like, I expected them to look great. Baltimore looked horrible. Uh, and obviously Lamar Jackson goes down. They never have a chance to get back in it. But Baltimore offensively looked absolutely atrocious against Buffalo. But Buffalo's offense didn't look great. And I know Ravens, great defense, whatever. Kansas City, I don't know that, that Kansas City has a great defense, but they've been they've been good in the playoffs. They made stops when they needed to. I think that's their MO in the playoffs is getting mm-hmm. turnovers, getting stops when you know when you need to. And they did that against Cleveland when they needed to. Uh, in a game that they really, really could have lost. I mean, it was that Chad Henney run. You thought it was a first down, and then it ended up not being. I mean, they they really could have lost this game. Uh, so, so hats off to Cleveland. But yeah, I I, I don't know Buffalo. To me, um, I've heard talking heads say Buffalo. You know, they're 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 due to break out. I they got to show me that. And they, these playoffs, they haven't. Spawn Diggs has looked great. They have virtually no running game. Josh Allen has not been the Josh Allen that was thrown for three fifty and four touchdowns all season. Uh, I don't know. It depends what version of Buffalo shows up. But I think if Kansas City's at full strength, that's going to be, to me, a more lopsided game than what we have with Green Bay and Tampa. I, I think I think Green Bay wins. I think they win it by a touchdown or 10 points. I don't think it's three and a half. Uh, but I think there's a lot more ways that Green Bay can win by a big margin than, um, than, the, other way than the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I but, think it's it's – Bovada's got it at three for the Chiefs, by the way. I, I know I didn't mention that oh, yet. Okay, 54, okay. bigger number. That's an interesting number as far as the spread because of Mahomes' doubt. Like, it's crazy. I think if this is a regular season game, that line doesn't get posted. Um, you know, I think there's a good chance Mahomes doesn't even play if it's a regular season game. And so, you know, that, like like you said, I mean, that that is the great equalizer in this, is if his health or, or brain or anything is compromised in any way, becomes a very interesting game. And really, you know, you alluded to it with Cleveland. Like, I mean, there's, if not for any making that play, maybe the Browns win. If the Browns don't fumble out the back of the end zone, maybe they win. I mean, there are a lot of hypotheticals to go down. But, you know, they with Mahomes in the game, like, they were right there. And I think that that's that's scary for me. But I'm with you. I think that the Chiefs, you know, again, they haven't covered in two months. And I think they are massively overdue for a monster performance in this game. And I think uh, the big reason why is what you said with Buffalo. I mean, you want to talk hypotheticals. It's 3-3 between the Ravens and Bills. The Ravens are playing like shit, like you said, offensively especially. They're going down the field. They're about to score a touchdown to go up 10-3. Instead, or or I think it was maybe to tie it at 10-10, but instead it's a pick six, 101 yards back the other way, right? And it becomes 17-3. I mean, that's... That's the game. That, yep. It's it's a completely different game. It looks, in retrospect, like the Bills, you know, dominated that game. But it was one play. It was one kind of fluky play. And so, you know, I we I was definitely all aboard the Ravens bandwagon coming into that game. Um, and I thought that they were the best chance to beat the Chiefs. And I'm not certain that they still wouldn't be. So I am all over the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a significantly more likely team to make the Super Bowl than the Packers. And 
just because I assume that's of course, assuming Mahomes plays and I'm assuming he will, um, you know, I, I hope it's a good game. You know, it doesn't, we don't have to go far too far back to see what Josh Allen did. He was fine against the Colts. He was great in that final regular season game against the dolphins when the dolphins needed to win, they score 56 points against them. And, um, you know, say what you want about Miami, but that's still a good performance against a team that had played well against some good quarterbacks over the course of the year. So I, that being said, I just, they are not in a good place in my mind right now. And I think that the chiefs are, I'm expecting a lot of big things out of Kansas city this weekend. Yeah. Josh Allen, 23 to 37 in that game. Not great. Only threw for 206 yards. He took two big sacks in that game and the running game, like I said, it's, it's essentially not it's non-existent. Gone. 16 to 32 for the bills, obviously going up against one of the better rushing offenses in, in the, the league in, in Baltimore who ran for 150 in that game. But yeah, Baltimore, I mean, they had chances in that game. Obviously they, they had the big interception that you alluded to, but uh, it, that team, I, I feel like those teams are about even and, and really they played that way for most of the game. And I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. Buffalo, I guess for me, it, it depends a lot on what Kansas city's defense does. Cause if Josh Allen's playing at his best and Kansas city's defense doesn't show up, this could be a shootout. I mean, we could see a, we could see a, you know, 70 point blowout, you know, or 70 point mm-hmm. game between the two teams in this game. If, if both offenses show up and Kansas city's defense doesn't and Buffalo's defense, not exactly world beaters either. They had the big turnover against Baltimore. Uh, they've made some big plays in these playoffs and they've gotten better as the season's progressed, I would say, but they're not, mm-hmm. they're not a top five defense in the NFL. And I don't think no. anybody would argue that they are. They're a middle of the road defense and Kansas city is a elite offense. So you would expect both of these teams to be able to score. But again, to me, it comes down to similarly to talking about it with green Bay for me, for Kansas city is they have, they have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They have guys like, you know, Tyron Matthew, you expect some of these guys to come out and make a big play force a turnover. If they can do those things, like we saw Buffalo do a week ago, uh, I just, I I don't see Buffalo hanging in here. And I I think three points is, uh, I, I would say, I could see this at four and a half or five for Kansas mm-hmm. City. Honestly, like I, I think the line should be a little bit more. Maybe the uncertainty is, you know, the reason for the line being where it is. Because if Mahomes doesn't play, that totally changes the game. Obviously, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, but mm-hmm. maybe not this year. I'm sorry, aren't you? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm not offended. But yeah, I, 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 this one, this one's interesting because I feel like with Green Bay. I feel more confident in saying I think Green Bay. There's there's too many ways they can beat you. I don't. There's not as many ways that I can see Tampa Bay winning. With Kansas City, I I I see a lot of ways that they can win. But there still are ways Buffalo can win this game because they have Josh Allen, who's been excellent this year. And if their defense steps up, you can see it. Uh, so I, I see I see a path for Buffalo. I just if 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 Mahomes plays and he's at full strength, I just I don't know if I I really believe in that path. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. Like you could you could sort of squint and think about Josh Allen scoring a bunch of points and this over on Bovada hitting, but like I mean, I think that overall, you know, it's hard it's you can you can think that way, but then you have to think about the other side. And it's hard for me to picture the Bills slowing down a healthy Mahomes, even without Clyde Edward Delay or whether or not he plays. I mean, it they're just they don't need the running backs. And I mean, even if even if they are, you know, even if they just have Damian Williams and Le'Veon Bell, that's still enough for them. They know how to make those guys work. You know, with the Bills, they, as you alluded to kind of subtly there, like they don't know how to make it work with just Devin Singletary. It's very clear to me it's that, close. you know, he's terrible in terms of running the ball. I mean, he's a threat as a, as a pass Screen, catcher, but yeah. 
yeah, he's a screen guy. I mean, there is no, like, when you just don't have that option, it really, like, you know, thankfully for them, Josh Allen can run the ball a little bit. And I bet he runs, I would say, over rushing props are ones to look at in this game for Josh Allen because I expect him to run quite a bit. But if I'm if I'm the Chiefs, I'm selling out on the pass all day. And, I mean, the Ravens did a lot of that, too. Like, Josh Allen basically scored 10 points in that game against a good Ravens defense, but not like, you know, as you said, I mean, are they a top five? They're probably close to the top five defense at full health. But, you know, I, I just don't know that they're going to be able to score with Kansas City if Kansas City knows to just basically make Josh Allen beat them. As you talked about with Tampa against the Packers, like, basically, if the Bills just – if the Chiefs just push the Bills to kind of dink and dunk down the field, I just don't know that the Bills have it in them to, you know, to to put up the points they're going to need, which is going to be, you know, 27, 30, 33 against this Chiefs offense. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you. It's, 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 it's an intriguing matchup on both sides. I'm excited for both of these games. I think, you know, we agree with the consensus that we're going to see a rematch of Super Bowl one between Green Bay and Kansas City, which is exciting. Ooh. I can't wait to see all that old footage uh, <laughs> pregame. But yeah, we're we're a couple weeks away from the Super Bowl, and we made it. I think that's I think I think you know when we sat here a year ago, you know nobody nobody saw what was coming, right? We we I remember mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. I remember you know being excited Your about place. the off season yeah and uh mm-hmm. then covid hit and and we didn't know when we were going to see, see sports again so here we are we're we're getting ready for conference championships and you know might not be a full stadium but there's going to be fans in the stands and i mean Kansas City it looked like they were like 60% capacity last week. That so was I'm, absurd. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that game in the Titans game it was almost like they were right. like yeah we only sold 8000 tickets but then how is it that every single other seat is in the bottom bowl. It's yeah, like, it's all pretty right. wild, but to each their I mean, own, the Ra- I guess. Yeah, the Raven, I think it was the Raven said, like, you know, we were using silent counts. I mean, it was hard to play in both these stadiums, and that, you know, it both sucks, but it's also like, hey, man, these teams don't earn their home field advantage. They deserve to, I mean, okay. as long as they're doing it safely, you know, like, but I, I don't know. I, I do think that there's something to, to what you're saying here, and I will say, too, like, just taking a step back, I mean, we've seen some horrendous Super Bowl matchups in AFC NFC title games and, you know, whether it's lopsided or just bad quarterbacks or whatever. And, you know, there's still time for us to have Chad Henney against a bad Josh Allen game. But if we do get what we think we're going to get, which is Mahomes and Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Wow. And, you know, you, you know, those are (laughs) four. You can't ask for more than that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you, nobody wants to see an old Drew Brees in the conference championship as much as I love him. And I, you know, if he retires, you know, great career, all that. Uh, Amazing. No one yep. wanted to see Philip Rivers or Baker Mayfield in the, in the conference championships. I mean, I know some people did, but <laughs> we, we, you can't as a, as a neutral sports fan, which I am going into this weekend, I, you can't ask for much more. I mean, you cannot, you can't think of a better quarterback matchups in, in the conference championships. Yeah, I mean, it, like again, you tell if the season is a is a 19 week story so far. I think these four guys have been probably four of the biggest story, maybe the five, four of the five or six biggest stories of the year. And I think that that's it's cool that you know any version of whoever wins is going to be compelling. I mean, if the, if Brady wins, it's going to piss me off, obviously. But that's still either you've got Tom Brady leading his brand new team to a Super Bowl. Or you've got Patrick Mahomes establishing, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. Or you've got Josh, like Buffalo. Buffalo makes a Super Bowl upset. Or you've got Aaron Rodgers, of course, 
um, you know, after they draft Jordan Love this year and getting to a second, you know, his first Super Bowl in a decade. I mean, I think that's like that's a MVP. pretty cool possible outcome in, in any scenario. Yes, I think I think that's going to happen. No doubt. I love it. I love it. We got a big weekend. I know you're excited for it. I am as well. We're looking forward to it. Uh, I, selfishly, I, I just real quick, I wanted to update you guys on, on NBA futures. We're going to just touch on it briefly, aren't you? Uh, we had the big trade that we touched on a little bit with Harden going to Brooklyn. They moved. Now they're the number two favorite on Bovada at plus 300 to win it all, which they, they, they have twice as good of odds as the Clippers, better than wow. twice as good of odds as the Bucks. I mean, the Celtics are at plus 1,600. Uh, Lakers still there at plus 240, but are you surprised at all that Brooklyn, the line has moved that much? I mean, obviously three huge stars. Uh, I Selfishly, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Brooklyn because my Cavs beat them in double yes. overtime tonight behind 42 points out of Colin Sexton. First game for Jared Allen and Torian Prince, who both look good on, in Cavaliers uniforms, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I wonder if, if that, I, mean, I know we talked about it right after the trade, but I wonder if that big three can work. I mean, they're all ball dominant guys. You have Kyrie, who's kind of out in outer space half the time. It's his first game back. He does. I mean, everybody had numbers. Uh, Durant had like forty or thirty nine. Um, uh, Kyrie, I think, had thirty seven, uh, and Harden had yeah. a triple double. So it's not like they. It's not like <laughs> they didn't God. put up big numbers. But the fact that the Cavs, who have the best defense in the NBA right now, uh, were able to 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 kind of buckle up down the stretch. I don't. I the Cavs aren't good. Uh, so you know. I don't know if that's telling for Brooklyn. I just don't know if I see it working deep into the season, especially with, you know, the injury history with Durant and Kyrie. That's, I think that's the key to me. I mean, one of the keys is of course, like how they play together. And that's obviously what they're trying to get out of the way. And that's why their odds are so good is the odds makers are seeing these games and saying like, okay, even if they don't play the rest of the year, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to have all three of these dudes. And then, in the playoffs, they like we can tell they can string it together. They can win a best of seven series against anyone. Fine, but uh, to me the issue is when not if but when these guys start skipping games, their bench is so damn shallow. Like I mean, you pointed out like ninety percent of their stats come from these three dudes, and I mean everybody else they have is basically doing nothing. I, I mean, I like Landry Shamit. He doesn't even play this game, and so I you know. When those two or two of the three or, you know, whatever mix of those guys doesn't play, I think it's a problem for them. And I think, you know, assuming we have some fans and some semblance of home court advantage in the playoffs, it's going to be hard for them to keep playing with just those three guys playing all these heavy leverage minutes. Because say they do win a series or two, I don't think they're head and shoulders above everyone to the point where like they can just sit these guys or like they can, you know, sweep a team away and then have you know, multiple days off. So, so I'm, I'm bearish. I, I don't, I'm, I'm fading this Brooklyn team in terms of those title odds. I like, you know, I like Milwaukee. I think that the Lakers are, are going to be, are clearly a better team. Um, and, you know, and I think the Clippers are a good value play there with those odds at Bovada. Yeah. I mean, even the Eastern conference champion, you could get the bucks for plus three twenty-five. uh, Celtics crazy. There plus five fifty. That's so, six or so short-sighted. I mean, even Miami, the defending Eastern Conference yeah. champs, plus 750. And they've been injured all over the place. Jimmy Butler hasn't played in uh, – I don't even know. Did he play the first week of the season? Because he hasn't played since. I um, think he did, yeah, like two games. So, so yeah, but, I mean, there's there's value. And the, the Nets at plus 130, I mean, that, that to me, it's like – I'd like to – I mean, I know they're three superstars. There's no denying that. But when you look hmm. at the rest of that bench, you alluded to that as well. 
DeAndre Jordan is probably their fourth best player, and then Jeff Green's their other starter. Joe Harris, you know, he'll he'll hit some threes, but I just there's not much else there. Yeah, I mean, you watched them as recently as anyone, so I'll defer to you on that. But um, as you said, I think <laughs> Kyrie is so out there, like you said, and and he is like. That he looked like I don't know if you watched any of it. I know you said you watched some highlights. I mean, he played he them, played yeah. very well offensively. Didn't look great defensively. I mean, Sexton lit him up, but he looked skinny. Mm-hmm. Like he looked. I don't know if he didn't look like. I know Kyrie's not a big guy, but I don't know. He didn't look like the yeah. same Kyrie to me. Yeah, I mean, he's you know you're especially if you're used to seeing him in Cleveland when he was at the peak of being driven to play and you know, probably forced into lifting by LeBron and all that. Like he's playing with the other, the skinniest dude in the league. And then one of the fattest superstars the league's ever seen. So (laughs) that's what I was going to say. They've got, they've got the two twigs and then like this gigantic James Harden who just like pulled out of a Krispy Kreme. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally it's such a, I hate them. They're, they're so unlikable. I'm so glad the Cavs won. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, I would love to see the Nets go down in these playoffs, but they'll be, you know, they'll be like the Heat were that first year or two. It just in terms of they're like they're such a hateable team. They're probably even more hateable than those Heat teams just because of the the individual unlikability of each of these three guys. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I don't know if it gets much worse. So like the sweet the sweet uh, feeling of beating them when the Cavs now are at five hundred and they're not going anywhere this season. I mean, you, you, it, it gets you excited for the future, and if nothing else. Hey man, this could be a first round playoff matchup. You never know. That would be amazing, and we would get swept. I would love it. Hey, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think it'd be fun because I like. I think that the Cavs provided an interesting look in terms of just looking at the stats here and knowing. I mean, that not many teams can replicate the bigs, specifically defensive minded bigs that the Cavs have. And then if Sexton's going to go pour in forty two on the other end, like I mean, it's hard to. It's going to be hard you know, for a team like the Nets that are so shallow to beat a team like that for, you know, to sweep them for sure. Yeah. I'll enjoy it in the moment, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of season left. I should be getting healthy mm-hmm. again. I think the Cavs have a, a bright future and obviously they, they added to that with Jared Allen, the best young center in the game. So uh, first action for him looked good, but yeah, I, I think, uh, I think it's a wait and see for me with Brooklyn. And obviously as the season wears on, we'll, we'll kind of see how it shakes out, but aren't you mm-hmm. big weekend, uh, again, on the horizon, I, I'm excited for you to be able to see your team hope to advance to the Super Bowl, and, and hopefully we'll be able to, to spend time watching it together. And I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you as as a, a bystander that's watching somebody able to watch their team this late in the season when I never will be. So <laughs> I hope so, buddy. I, hey, listen, this is it's going to be a passing of the guard. So let me enjoy this one run before Joe Burrow takes over for the next decade or two. That's a hilarious joke to go out on. <laughs> Anything you wanted to add before conference championship I mean, weekend? What else can I add to that? That was that was the most true statement I've ever made. Yikes. All right. Well, then, <laughs> in that case, for Anchukana, I'm Josh Dunn. Our time has come to an end on the Underdog Sports Fantasy Hour. Go Pack Go. We'll see Let's you go. next week or in two weeks. We'll see you in, in next week or in two weeks. How's that? There we go.